This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. I had an interesting conversation with um, a group of students at TCU. Uh, That's Texas Christian University. And they were hard to get to have a conversation afterwards as soon as the cameras were off oh my gosh they had a lot to say i'm going to show you a little bit of that and also some of the more spiritual kind of moments pushing them trying to get them to think out of the box this is part two of our evening with tcu Both of these candidates are not doing very well at like addressing some of the major issues. The amount of debt that our country is in right now. How we're going to keep America safe. The economic issues are the ones that apply to me mostly. I think national security is probably most important to me. Less attacking of the other, other candidate. I'm kind of disappointed that these are my two options. I'm not really happy with either of their policies on economics. I think they both have their own criticisms. It's just kind of sad that this is what we could come up with out of 300 million people. Your generation now is going to have to look at how you put this back together. Anxious to hear it. Go ahead, Cameron. Well, to be honest, when it comes to morality, if Hil- <clears throat> excuse me, if Hillary Clinton can sin and... Stop. We're not talking about Hillary Clinton. Okay, well... I'd say, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I'd say that the majority of us are voting for Trump mostly because of Supreme Court justices. Okay. It's a lifetime service. You know, if Hillary gets to choose those, what is it, two or three that we're going to need? That's our whole lifetimes that we're going to have to live oh, under their rule. Oh, I know. I know. And it's going to change. It's going to change. One way or another, it's going to change. Um, Supreme Court's a really bad thing. But can you go back to my answer, my question now? How are you going to defend when they say, I'm going to put another Ginsburg on? And this person is a despicable person, not Ginsburg. Ginsburg's actually a pretty nice person. She's a really nice person. She's crazy liberal, but she is a pretty nice person. You get somebody on and... uh, You guys don't remember probably Clarence Thomas, but when he was brought in, they accused him of all kinds of things, okay? And how are you going to stand up for morality with any credibility? Go ahead. I feel like you're asking us if and when Hillary wins and we were former Trump supporters, how are we going to stand up for morality when he doesn't really stand for that? Right. Only because, only because, I'm just thinking as the other side, okay? The other side, um, for instance, with George W. Bush, he put in the Patriot Act, and, he, and nobody said anything on the right, and then he did 
prescription Medicare or Medicaid. Okay, so he expanded health care. When the conservatives stood up under Obama, they said, you didn't say anything about spying on the Patriot Act when your guy was in charge. It's, it's because he's black, isn't it? You didn't say anything about universal health care when George Bush expanded it, the biggest expansion since the 1940s. It's because he's black, isn't it? Now, they're not going to have the black thing, but if you stand up for any of your Christian values, how are you going to fight that? Because that's what they're going to say. You, you wanted Donald Trump. He had a $700 billion uh, 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 health care package that he wanted to do. You, you, you're standing against universal health care. He said he was going to do single-payer universal health care. That's farther than Barack Obama. You're now having a problem that Hillary wants to do that? Why? You voted for a guy who said that's what he wanted to do. Is it because she's a woman? Do you just hate Clinton so much? Can you argue that? Because that's the argument that is coming. Go ahead. I think a lot of us don't know how to answer that because we're not necessarily voting for him because we think he's the best choice. We just don't think he's the worst. So, like, I genuinely don't know how to answer that because I'm not 100% in. I don't 100% back what he does. So I don't think that who you vote for necessarily means that you're endorsing every single thing that they do. Like, I think that's, like, kind of the issue with like, the two-party system is that, like, we might not fit underneath this one thing, and the fact that there's only a few candidates, like, makes it very difficult to find someone that fits what you believe. Yes. Going back to the, the Supreme Court justice, you know, I think a lot of us that are voting for Trump, I think we're doing it in, in the hope that the Supreme Court justice that he would supposedly put on the court is going to, to retain our constitutional rights that our forefathers put in front of us, the, the rights that, that we don't have to, you know, even think about. Whereas Hillary Clinton, if she were to get elected, you know, Christmas parties in our siblings' classrooms and third and fourth grade and younger grades, those could be taken away. Mm-hmm. You know, the right to bear a cross on a campus could be taken away. Mm-hmm. So we're voting for Trump, not because of what he said 20-plus years ago or maybe the fact that he's a perfect person, but from the fact that there is maybe just – a sliver of hope that we can retain these constitutional rights, our God-given rights. So you put your hope in a man. Progressives, that's what they'll say. Well, that's what I say. I'm not a progressive. I'm probably the number one progressive hunter in the country. (laughs) You, You put your faith in a man because your hope is that he will do those things. Go ahead. Personally, like, I don't put my hope in Donald Trump. I'm probably going to vote for him, but I definitely don't put my hope in Donald Trump. And I talked with my parents about it, and they're probably also going to vote for Donald Trump. But when we talked about it, it was not, oh, what has he, what is his policy per se on, like, his health care or specifically on those things. It was more of that my parents said, Taylor, you just have to have faith, and faith in the Lord, not faith in Trump. That's not what it's about. It's not faith in Trump. I don't think any of us have 100% faith in Trump. We have 100% faith in our Lord that he will get done what needs to be done. So who has scriptures with him? Who has scriptures? Anybody have a phone with scriptures? Grab your phone. Grab your scriptures. Uh, I'm trying to remember now where it is. Uh, uh, It is... um, 
and in those days it will be in those days there will be perilous times. Can you search for that? I, I want to say it's it's at Second Timothy, I think. In those days will be perilous times. So you say that, and by the way, I I want you all. I'm pushing you against the wall because you are going to have you. I believe you are the hero generation. Okay, and. I could, if we had another hour, I could prove it to you. You are the hero generation. You are going to be the generation that is now called the greatest American generation, the 1940s generation. That is the world you are entering, and it is going to fall onto your shoulders. And you will be the ones that save us or destroy us. It's that clear. It's that clear. So you better think about all of these things. You better have an answer. Now, this is to Timothy. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. Second Timothy 3. Difficult times will come. But realize this. In the last days, difficult times will come. For men... Now, I want you to check this list. Think of Donald Trump. Check this list. For men will be lovers of money, lovers of self, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. I think he was probably obedient to his parents. Ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossip, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, reckless, conceited, um, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, holding on to the form of godliness. Oh, I I absolutely believe in the Bible. I believe in Jesus. But also denying its power. But I don't really need, I've never asked for forgiveness. Here's the key line. Here's what Christ tells Christians to do. Quote, avoid such men as these. So I think I challenge you to tell me how the scriptures could define, and quite honestly, there's 13 things in here. Donald Trump hits 12 of them, and I could make a good case with all of his current words, 12 of those. Hillary Clinton hits 11. They both suck beyond belief, according to that, okay? I cannot get past... um, uh, avoid these men, run from these men, flee from these men, do not have anything to do with these men. The ideal candidate would be honest and I think in the middle more. They're both extremes. I really wouldn't vote for either of them if I had the opportunity, which I do, so yeah. I'd rather see um, intelligence, thoughtfulness, and uh, more honesty. I think. Being like a good leader is really important, especially for our president, and being honest and very transparent. I would go in more with what Donald Trump is saying. I mean, I agree with what uh, how he feels about most of the issues that people talk about today. Honesty is not seen in one, and in the other one, um, I think the other one's just crazy. I think it's uh, really interesting how this is what we've kind of come to, um, two candidates that are disliked a lot by a lot of people. I think both candidates are highly unfortunate. 
I'm not really happy with either candidate. Uh, it's still exciting to finally be 18 and finally be able to cast my vote. Who can tell me the story of the merit badge, the Purple Heart? Does anybody know the story of the Purple Heart? Do you know what the Purple Heart is? You get it now if you're wounded. It started with George Washington. Now, if I said to you guys, hey, let's go take on the Navy SEALs. Let's go get them. Because there's what? Maybe a couple hundred of them in total? We'll take them on. Come on. We can get everybody on campus, and we're going to get them. Would anybody follow me in their right mind? No. Even if we had a good cause, and I said, let's go take on the Navy SEALs. You know what? A hundred of them are offshore, so there's only a hundred of them left. We can get them. We have everybody on campus. You know we'd all be killed, right? That's what our founders did. Our founders said, hey, we're a bunch of farmers, and there's only 20% of the American public who are with us. 80% are either, I don't want anything to do with this. I'll go with whatever. And 20% of that remaining 80 said, I'm against it. I'm for the king. So 20% of the American population said, hey, I got an idea. We should be free. You know that country where the sun never sets on the empire? And the reason why it can never set on the empire, that means it has stations all around the globe. It's never dark on the empire. The reason why they have all of those places all over the world is because they have the strongest navy and army the world has ever seen. But we've got rakes. Let's get them. That's how crazy the American Revolution was. Get them. I've got my musket. They're marching in rows and stuff. They know how to do this. When we were at Valley Forge, uh, Lafayette came along with a Hessian and said, you've got to be kidding me. This is what you got? The merit badge, the Purple Heart, came because they knew they were outnumbered. They knew they didn't have, uh, didn't have even the wits about them to do it, even though they were the smartest guys ever. They hadn't gone to military training like everybody in England that was coming across the water to fight them. One of George Washington's most shameful things in his whole life, his whole life, he felt awkward. Here's one of the greatest men to ever live. He felt so awkward because he never went to college. And so he overcompensated by reading everything he could get his hands on. But he was embarrassed that he was not an educated man. He's leading the group. And he says, look, our cause is just, right? That men should be free. Our cause, that cause is just. There is nothing more just than somebody standing up for life Unborn, born, 
life. No one has a right to come in the middle of the night and take your stuff, accuse you of things, drag you out to jail in the middle of the night to try you without being able to talk to witnesses, without being able to defend yourself, to have them just take you, take your stuff, take your family, and take your life. No one has the right to do that. Happiness. Nobody has the right to take your sweat of your brow, take it from you, and give it to somebody else. Life, liberty, no one can come in and just take me and arrest me and throw me in jail. And happiness, the pursuit of happiness. There's nothing more just than that. So we know God gives us those things, so let's stand up for that. Purple heart. Guys, we'll never win. We cannot beat England. George Washington said, we can if we stand with God. But what did they do? The Purple Heart was the badge of merit. It wasn't for being wounded. It was for being seen by your fellow man doing something that the eyes of God would look down upon these people and say, they are a good and righteous and humble people that have put their full faith in me, they know they cannot affect it. They know they will lose, but they will stand by every single word in this book and they will do exactly what I told them because they know what I know. Lord, if I do exactly what you tell me, if you don't fulfill your promise, there is no God. You have to be bound by that. It's an eternal handcuff to your principles. But the handcuff goes on both sides. I must be handcuffed to those principles as well. Does God ever say, yeah, but you don't understand. I know I promised you that, but you don't understand. It was complex. Does he ever say that? Never. It has to be this way. Do we say that to God? Yep. Should we? Nope. Why? Because then we are lying to him and expecting him to understand it. I see myself in front of the judgment seat as a guy who's lost it all. Let me tell you something. You can lose everything in life. You can lose your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your wife, your husband. You can lose children. You can lose everything, and it will cause deep, deep scars. But you lose your word. You lose your honor. There is nothing that will impact your life more than that, ever, ever. I will not return to him and, and have him say, hang on just a second. I sent you down at a specific time, did I not? Yes, you did. And, 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 and this is an eternal plan, right? Yes. You weren't born for a happenstance. It just didn't happen that you popped out in America at this time, right? No, Lord. I know there is a plan to everything you do. Okay, so I set you in America, 
at its time of crisis, I gave you parents who taught you my words. They filled it. You even went to one of the best universities based on my word. And help me out again. You did what? Because I'm just looking here, and I I know what it says because I wrote it. So I know what it says, but help me out. What part of stay away from men like that? What part of, Lord, we had the Supreme Court. Quote, this because I played this out in my head. What am I going to say to him? You don't understand? You weren't there? We had no other choice? Yes, you do. Your only choice is to always be loyal to him. Don't try to outthink him. True faith in God. This is the gospel according to Glenn. True faith in God means you live it no matter the consequences. This is the first election that I can vote in, and honestly, it's a little disappointing. Usually in a candidate, I want someone who's, I mean, like a good person, and uh, lately all they've been doing is just taking shots at each other, and I don't feel like that's what the election should be about. Just being able to make sure that our country is safe and that we have a good like, national policy. The big one, obviously, is national security. Being honest and upfront and thoughtful about our country. In a perfect candidate, I would like to see more honesty. Someone who's like respected in the community, who knows a lot about like what's going on in the world. If we could just have somebody who would uh, think about things through. I'd like to see some maturity out of both sides, and I want to like hear their policy and not why the other one sucks. Personally, I don't think either of the candidates are really that amazing this year. But I still think it's really important to vote, so I'll be voting in this election. True faith in God. This is the gospel according to Glenn. True faith in God means you live it no matter the consequences. Bonhoeffer, you guys know who he is? Bonhoeffer stood in in 1933. He was standing up in 1933 to question the Fuhrer principle. And he was on the air three weeks after the Fuhrer became the Fuhrer. And he says, the Fuhrer principle is wrong. Now, he's a preacher. If I said to you, we should get rid we should get rid of the Old Testament because it's just filled with a lot of Jewish stuff. Would you be okay with that? Would you think any Christian church would be okay with that? Okay. By 1934, one year into Hitler, one year, 80% of Christians voted in their church to get rid of the Old Testament. 80% of Christians also said, Christ is not the head of the church, Adolf Hitler is. One of the guys who stood against it was Bonhoeffer. They shut him off halfway through his his sermon, if you will, on the radio against the Fuhrer principle. He was a, a massive pacifist. He wouldn't have killed a fly. Don't do it. Don't do it. You don't 
kill people. He saw what was happening. He decided about 1939, 19, oh, it was later than that, 42 maybe, he decided somebody has to do something. You know what Valkyrie, did you see the movie Valkyrie with Tom Cruise where they go and try to blow up the, the Adolf Hitler? He was part of that. He's a Christian pastor who was a pacifist, one of the biggest pacifists on the planet, known for no war, no bloodshed. He sacrificed his principles. But did he sacrifice his principles out of this? This is says, thou shalt not murder. Not thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder. And he had to wrestle with that. Am I doing the right thing? As it turns out, Hitler lived. He was caught. He died 15 days before Hitler did in a concentration camp. Do you, know, do you know what he was doing the last few days of his life? He was thrown into one of the worst concentration camps and kept in a cell where a prostitute who was a double agent was in the cell with the guy who did all of the experiments on the Jews, not Mangala, there was another one that would keep the Jews out in the freezing cold and then make them hot and then make them cold. He would take them up into airplanes and see how far up they had to go before their heads popped, okay, in a pressurized cabin. So we knew about that. When you go to a hospital, they have a big book on hypothermia and everything. It's about that big. It's in every single emergency room. All of that information came from him. He gave that information because he was doing those experiments on the Jews because he said we could save so many lives. He released it to both sides. He just published it and put it out for the whole world. Hitler came to him and said, you think you were doing that for all people? You were doing that for the Germans. He ended up in a concentration camp with Bonhoeffer. Those two were the most vile people ever. Bonhoeffer brought them the truth of Christ the whole time. The executioner says he remembers when Bonhoeffer arrived to be executed because he thanked him. He said there was something about him. He knew right where he was going. He had no fear at all, and he thanked them. The ones that change the world are the ones who think out of the box the ones who do not sacrifice their principles. They know what the principles are. And no matter what the cost, you are going to face this, hopefully not, but I think you will. You will face, am I going to be a leader or am I going to be a follower? And in what's coming in our world, it could mean Do I stand up and take more than shame? Am I called to the office because I offended somebody? It's going to be more than that. It could mean prison. It could mean life and death. Which will you be? And if you start your time now compromising your principles, before you know it, you will be so lost, you'll never find it.
because I can guarantee you all the people that I've studied from revolutions and Nazis and Mussolini and Stalin and all the people that followed them, they started out as good people. And they started out making one compromise and then another and then another. George Washington knew the truth. I'm going to stand because he compels me to stand. And as long as I'm living a righteous and a life of merit, doing good, standing where I'm supposed to stand, God will make up the rest. But he cannot help an unrighteous people. Any thoughts on that? Have I scared the hell out of you guys? Is that what's happened? Thank you guys for talking to me. Um, thank you for being gutsy enough to share um, what you did and, and saying those things. I, I, I hope I have in some way, all I want to do, I, I hope in some way I've poked something in you that will make you question. Thomas Jefferson said, uh, and it's a phrase that changed my life, he was talking to his nephew. He wrote a letter to his nephew, Peter Carr, whose parents had died. And they were. And he said, his father before he died said, would you make sure my son is brought up the right way and educate him? He said, I will. I'll oversee his education. So as he turns 13, he writes Peter a letter. And he says, in mathematics, you have to do this. In, in literature, you have to do this. Never read a book outside of its native tongue. So what that meant to Thomas Jefferson was he couldn't, he couldn't read Spanish on his, uh, on his way over to Spain. He took an English copy of Don Quixote and a Spanish copy of Don Quixote, and he read them on the way over in those months over on the boat, and he could speak Spanish by the time he got there. He said, never read something out of its own native tongue because you'll, you'll miss too much. He got, the last thing he talked about was religion. And this phrase changed my life. He said... When it comes to religion, above all things, fix reason firmly in her seat and question with boldness even the very existence of God. For if there be a God, he must surely rather honest questioning over blindfolded fear. The key to that phrase, to me, is honest questioning. Don't come to God and say, ah, you know, I, I, I know the answer, but I'm... Don't question other people with an agenda. Only question when it's honest. Question him when it's honest. That's how we can come back together again. And that phrase, I think, if you live it, will change your life. Thanks, guys. Do you have any advice that you could give if he may not represent every single one of my principles of how I can still... doesn't have to represent all your principles, but he needs to be on the big ones. You know what I mean? He's, he is for gigantic government, gigantic health care, you know, all of those things. Everybody boiled it down to the Supreme Court, and that allowed them to violate almost every other principle. And even if it was on just political principles, but then you see him as a man and you see her as a woman, I can't imagine the Lord would say, nah, 
you're good. I mean, you did it honestly, so that's your that's your help. But once you know, and you and if you would have looked at it from the Lord's point of view and went, it is kind of weakening you, my trust with you, then you'd be in trouble. So I finally, I get baptized, and literally, that's on Sunday, literally on Wednesday, an agent called, the biggest agent in all of radio, calls me out of the blue and says, I hear you're looking for an agent. I'm like, you got to be kidding. Thank you. Yes. He says to me, um, I hear you really have changed your life, blah, blah, blah. I said, yes, I'm really trying. He said, do you know so-and-so? And I said, no. Now, this guy was a huge radio guy. Um, who controlled almost all of talk radio. He said, we have to find a way for you to get a tape to him on his desk. And I said, okay, well, how do we... Just then my call waiting went off. I click over, and it's that guy. And, I mean, it was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm like, ah, can you hold on? Click back over to my agent. I said, you know that guy you're talking about? He's on the other line. And my agent said... Well, then what are you doing on my line? Talk to him. <clears throat> so it, it was an amazing, miraculous kind of thing. And I had, but I had promised, I will do what you tell me to do, no matter the cost, no matter what I might lose. Two years go by. I'm looking for, um, I'm going into a client to do these live commercials for a car company. And at this time, it's huge money for the radio station. The radio station's thinking about firing me. I mean, it's just, it's not a good situation. I have to have this client. If I can get this client, I can last a little longer. If I don't, my job is over, and I probably won't get another chance in talk radio, okay? It's that bleak. I go in, and it's a, um, it's a Dodge dealer. And the guy sits, sits there, and we have a great conversation, and it's a family-owned situation, and this older guy comes in, and we think we have a deal, and so everybody's feeling good. The older guy comes in, and he said, uh, his son said, Dad, I want you to meet Glenn. I think he's going to be our spokesperson. He said, oh, good, good. Listen, I need your help. He said, we bought too many of, and I don't remember what the car was, we bought too many of this car. And he said, they are crap boxes on wheels. He said, nobody wants them. They're not a good car, but they're under warranty. We need to get them off our lot. So the first thing I need you to do is I need you to talk these cars up and sell these cars. And I'm looking at him going, my job is over. (laughs) I can't, how do I, what do I do? My job is at stake. I'm about to lose absolutely everything. All I have to do is sell these 20 cars, and then everything will be okay. I looked at him, and I said, you don't believe in these cars? He said, no, they're bad. I said, I, 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 can't, I can't do that. If, and the salesperson looks at me like, Are you, it's one of those, no. And they look at me, and, and they said, but I'm sure, Glenn, this is, and I'm like, no, I can't do that. This guy said, you sound like one of them Christians. Now I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> yes, I am. 
Yes, I am. And he said, so you won't do that. This deal means a lot. It's multi-year. Uh-uh. Reaches out. Then you, sir, are exactly the man we're looking for. Trust in him. Trust that if you do the right thing, and it may not work out that fast, but the church, everybody's worried about the church coming under persecution. Do you know what the Christians are praying for in China, for America? For us to fall and be humbled. Now, I talked to, uh, I talked to a Christian pastor who helps get... He's Chinese. He's, he is, if he goes to China, dead. He helps people come out of China. He escaped from China. His story is amazing. He said to me, they're praying that you fall and are humbled. And I'm like, well, that's not happy. And he said, you'll remember who you actually serve. The church prospers with persecution. It does horribly when it's not persecuted. I'm not hoping for persecution but I'm also not fearing it. The Lord needs us to be humbled. We've messed up badly. Accept the consequence that we actually deserve. You're not going to accept, you're not going to miss the consequence. It's going to come one way or another. And you're going to pay for the sins of the past. Accept the consequence. Know that even in persecution, You will grow. And without persecution, without hardships, you won't. You won't. That's what sharpens us. That's where your faith comes in. The people who are in prison for standing up for the Lord, they knew they didn't have to do that. They could have shut their mouth. It sharpens them. Nelson Mandela went into prison a very bad guy. He comes out and he changes the world. And what most people don't know about Nelson Mandela is, do you know how he saved South Africa? The same way you will save America. He came to the most powerful person who hated Nelson Mandela and was threatening war. We're going to kill all of the blacks. Nelson Mandela could have started a war and said, rise up and get them. He went to his mortal enemy and did this. Please, I beg of you, please, let's not have war. Please. That is a leader. A leader that will get down on their knees and humble themselves when they have all the power to light it on fire and say, peace, peace. Let's find the things we can come together on and trust the Lord to do the rest. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. I loved hearing what you had to say. My friend's mom was talking to me today, and she's like, I want you to ask him, you know, what does he think about the Supreme Court? And we did touch on that. And just being such a pro-lifer, it's so hard for me to, like, not vote for a candidate who is pro-life. I don't even know if he is. He's not. And that's why I'm worried. So here's here's what I think on the Supreme Court. The only people that he listens to are his children. His children are wildly liberal. Wildly liberal. So that's why Ivanka and Chelsea are best friends. Mm -hmm. Um, 
they are not pro-life. When your dad, who I don't think he cares about a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? I think he's like, whatever, you know, on some things. Like, he's more about power than... Yeah, and so I don't think he cares about a lot of stuff. And a lot of people think that's an advantage. I, I don't, but yeah. some people do. And, the, and especially the people on the Supreme Court fight think it's good because he doesn't care about a lot of it, okay? Um, and so they think he'll just go along with it. My argument is the people he does care about and the people he listens to are especially his daughters. His daughters, friends with the Clintons and the children, that's their realm. You don't think they're going to come in and say, Dad, you cannot be the president that reversed Roe versus Wade. You cannot... That's not who he is. And he's not. And he might say he'll do it, but I believe, first of all, you put a real, you put Ted Cruz or Mike Lee up there, is he going to spend the political capital that it will take to push those guys through for things he doesn't really care about? I don't think so. Second, if he does, do you not think his daughters are going to come in and go, Dad... We don't want the Trump name to be that. Yeah. I don't think so. But I could be wrong. Well, the last thing I want to mention, I know you have limited time, was that I emailed you today, but I was just talking to her. She's like, you don't see those emails to me at Lundbeck. But it was um, these 14 points that three black students brought up to TCU today and said, we want these 14 demands taken care of. And one is that the flag is put at half-staff every time a black person dies from a white cop. The other is that we um, ban hate speech and microaggressions. And the other um, prominent one is that we have mandatory cultural sensitivity training. And I am so worried about these. So I, I'm sure you know about YAF, Young Americans for Freedom, and the mm-hmm. headquarters in D.C. Mm-hmm. I called them, and I'm going to write an op-ed on Good. it. And I'm nervous about it because, you know, like just the thoughts that the rest of campus has on me, and we're becoming okay. so liberal. But I think we need the other view out there. Don't ever do anything because you're afraid. Don't ever stop doing something because you're afraid. You Christian, you stand with Christ. He's your sword and your shield no matter what happens to you. The persecution that you'll get here on earth will be nothing to the reward that you get later in life or the regret you will have later in life. Don't ever stay silent. It's tough. Read my Facebook comments. It's tough, but it's so worth it. And the more alone you are, Just always remain humble enough to check with the Lord. Am I doing good? Am I I quiet? Am I humble? Am I reasoned? Am I kind? Am I charitable? Is what I'm saying those things? Does it make man more free or less free? Within your framework, Lord, more free or less free? If the answer is more free and that you're kind and you're following his principles, Never sit down. I can do that. Good. I think. Thank you. You bet. Anyway, go ahead. I just want to thank you for your, everything you talked about. They're very thought-provoking, you know, especially at the end there. I think I think a lot of the reason people weren't talking at the end there was just because everyone was really thinking about what you were saying and stuff. And it was, I hope. I've got my, my put my absentee ballot I'm from California in the in the mail. It's in my mailbox right now. I have to go out, take it out, scratch it, <laughs> scratch it out. Well. Got to do what you have to do, and just, I, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that I'm right, I'm saying 
consider the possibility. Yes, of course. Yeah, good. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anybody want to say a prayer? Dear Lord, uh, thank you for bringing us all here together for this time of uh, fellowship and discussion of politics and, and faith. Um, please uh, bless this, this time and what we've thought about to go out um, and uh, serve your kingdom uh, forever. Amen. Amen. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper Mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine. And they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep. Casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. $50 off the purchase of your mattress at Casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply.